Karina. Hi. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Chalk Dust Podcast, where teachers talk about their experiences in the classroom. Because once the dust settles, every teacher has a story to tell. This is Kirby Alexander, your host, and today I'm talking with Karina Hines Barrigas, a middle school English language arts teacher in Fort Worth, Texas. I've known Karina since 2014 when she was a student in my introductory education course at TCU. Since then, Karina has taken additional courses from me, and I was even her student teaching supervisor. Karina stayed at TCU for an additional year, and she worked for me as a graduate teaching assistant. Karina is an amazing teacher, and we will learn so much from her story. Let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. So Karina, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your schedule to talk with me today. It's uh, great to be able to catch up, and uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you've been up to. Thank you for having me. All right. So, you know, first of all, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. You know, where do you teach? What grade or grades? What subjects? You know, that kind of thing. So I teach seventh and eighth grade English at Fort Worth Country Day. I um, also get to coach the girls in field hockey. And then in the spring, I coach the boys in lacrosse. Hmm. And then I also advise our National Junior Honor Society here for the seventh and eighth graders as well. Oh, wow. So they definitely keep you very busy. Yes, they do. Inside and outside the classroom. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. I'd like to just find out, you know, how did you get your first teaching job? You know, tell me the story behind how you you found your position at uh, Fort Worth Country Day. Well, I always thought I was going to go into a public school. I went to public school my whole life and, you know, going through all the observations and student teaching. I was at McLean and all that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go public school. And then I did Breakthrough Collaborative here in Fort Worth, here at Country Day, actually. Country Day is like the host place for Mm -hmm. Breakthrough Fort Worth. And I did that between my junior and senior year summer. And so Nicole and the other directors really just got me involved in the Fort Worth camp forward country day campus Mm -hmm. and so that was really awesome so that really is what first introduced me to country day um and then i just i was like no i'm gonna do public school then i went through the interview process and nicole said hey there's an opening here at country day you really should apply Mm -hmm. so i went and visited and fell in love with the campus and the teachers and i truly picked this school because of the amount of support i would have the Teachers, I teach both seventh and eighth grade English. So mm-hmm. I have a seventh grade teacher who ju- just teaches seventh grade English, and I have an eighth grade teacher who just teaches eighth grade. And mm-hmm. the two of them are great mentor teachers. They are master teachers in their positions, and I have mm-hmm. learned so much from them. So I really picked it because they were going to be like the most supportive people to me. Yeah. Um, as well as the kids, I going onto campus and just getting to meet the kids and how respectful and caring and how excited they were to be learning. That was all just a big selling point for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now as a, as a side story about your interview process, because I was one of your references. So I, you know, I don't always have um, extra information, but I do in this case where uh, my family and I had been uh, camping in Yellowstone for about a week. And this was in, I guess, kind of like, early to mid-June of, you know, I guess three years ago when you were, you know, looking for teaching jobs. And we had no cell service at all for like a week. Uh, and I'm not kidding, you know, and for like my wife and I who were very, you know, 
techie, very busy people. It took, you know, it was kind of weird not having cell service, but we finally had kind of gotten used to it. And we happened to go into town one day uh, or into a part of Yellowstone that had uh, cell towers. I guess it was close enough to a, a, a larger, uh, a larger town. And we were waiting for our lunch. Uh, we had gone into a hamburger place in Mammoth Hot Springs uh, there in uh, kind of North Yellowstone. And my phone rings. And it was, the I guess, one of the administrators from Country Day. <laughs> yeah. So I had been without... <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was crazy. So here I am standing, you know, kind of outside this restaurant uh, talking on the phone, you know, and she's asking me all these questions about, you know, your qualifications and, you know, my experience working with you. And I was like, you know, basically I just said, you know, if you don't hire this person, you know, you know, that's, it's your loss and you're crazy. Uh, but it was just so, it's just so funny that, you know, that, that little sliver of time that I had cell service, uh, my phone rang and I don't know how often she had been calling me. Maybe she'd been calling for a week and I hadn't gotten it, but anyway, no, that's so funny. I don't think you told me that story previously. That's good. That's yeah, no, I, I, it was probably one of those things like we got home from vacation and just kind of, you know, I just kind of moved on with my summer classes and that kind of thing. But yeah, the, that definitely stands out to me that uh, I gave my recommendation for your current job standing uh, out in, you know, I guess outside of a a hamburger restaurant in Mammoth Hot Springs, Yellowstone. <laughs> so yeah, funny kind of funny side story. Oh um, yeah. So you know, in that summer leading up to your, you like when you were going to start your job. You know, you you got the job, you signed the contract. You know, kind of what were you feeling at this point in that summer leading up to when you were going to start teaching? You know, did you start like? gathering materials? Were you able to get into your classroom to start setting things up? What was that summer like uh, before uh, you started teaching when you were kind of getting ready for the upcoming year? So they, Country Day paid for me to go to the pre-AP conference at TCO. So that was, mm -hmm. I think, the first thing that I kind of did. And that was really informative. And I just like absorbed a lot of information. But at the same time, oh, it was the AP conference, but I obviously teach pre-AP. Right. And so I was at the pre-AP like sessions of the conference. And I was a little overwhelmed at first because I was like, what am I teaching? Like, I don't even know my curriculum. I don't know what we're doing. And so it was a lot of information that I was absorbing, but it was also helpful, like looking back on it because I learned a lot and I was mm -hmm. able to apply that to our curriculum. Um, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing, we call them fellowships over the summer. So we are, we sign up to work with some of our co-teachers. So I worked with the eighth grade team on a Roman around project. So in eighth grade, we teach Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. And then we, some of the kids take Latin. It's one of their foreign language options. And then, of course, they all take history mm -hmm. and they learn about ancient Rome and Greece. And so they were starting this new idea of having this collaboration of intercurricular, like across all of the curriculums and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I got to join that meeting. And that was the first time that I really got to spend time with the two history teachers, the Latin teacher, and then the other eighth grade English teacher. And they are such a kind group of people that mm -hmm. it was so good for that to be one of my first experiences at Country Day and to make me feel like I got to really be a part of this change that they were implementing. So that was really awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, the previous teacher who left my posi the position that I have now, she and I actually met up a couple of times as well. So I really felt like they were holding my hand through the whole process. Mm -hmm. So I was 
like thrown into the water at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I felt very comfortable in every way, I think. So yeah, that was a really, it was scary and it was nervous. And we all have a, we have a really cool program called TIP. It's teacher induction program. And so that's just something else that Country Day does. And uh, for all of the new teachers, regardless if it's your first year or any first year at Country Day, mm-hmm. um, we get to go and we get to meet each other. And that was really awesome. So yeah. We, to meet everyone else and I got to meet Audrey Laker and she actually is a TCU alum and she yeah yeah, and so she graduated in 2016 from TCU worked at Alito and then her and I started at Country Day our first years together so it's been awesome awesome. yeah is she Spanish yeah she's Spanish yeah that's what I thought yeah I remember Audrey very cool and uh did they give you access to your classroom were you able to get in and start getting set up and you know oh yeah yeah yes so my first year, I didn't really know how to decorate. I have, if I could show you a picture of my, the seventh grade teacher's classroom when it's not COVID crazy, it's beautiful. She has lights and it's a big yeah. comfy couch. And so <laughs> I don't know how to decorate my classroom. So I like went full on color because coming from like early childhood days and, you know, looking at like kindergarten, early childhood classroom days that they have really bright, colorful classrooms. And so at first I decorated it completely different. And then the next summer after my first year, I went through and I was like, oh, I'm going to change it up. So now I have a literary theme. So everything's yeah. in books and we have our core values and stuff and everything's like written on paper and stuff. So yeah, yeah it's kind of changed. But yeah, I did get to go in and see my classroom. And I remember one of the coolest things looking back and trying to decide like the seating. And I remember, mm-hmm. especially because I got to be your TA at the very end in oh, my yeah. graduate <laughs> We talked about seating arrangements so often that I was like, oh, I really want to, like, you know, maximize my teaching experience by doing seating arrangements and, like, the shapes of the desks and everything like that. So I was super into that at first. Yeah. And, yeah. and now I'm here third year at COVID and we have to stay in straight lines. Right. And I'm like, oh, I just want them to be together and paired or <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think we'll be back there again, you know, I hope so. I b- hope so. before we know it. Yeah. And I, I do think I may take that little sound bite and just play it for my current students. You know, when we oh, have yeah. that conversation about seating arrangements and they just roll their eyes like, you know, how is this important? I can it's say, you know, so you're going to think about this again someday. <laughs> it's so important. It is. And even just like, yeah, it's important because once you get to know the kids in the seats, and who we need to pair with each other and who we should not pair. But it's so important, just like the true arrangement of the classroom and how seats are arranged. And I was one of the only teachers that had like the seats in a U for a while when we had some, I guess, class, whole class discussions. Uh-huh. And most of the time, the other teachers just had the kids face forward. And I was like, no, we're changing it up. So I changed seats every quarter. Awesome. And yeah, so I really tried to. My first and second year, I really tried to do that. So. Yeah, well, that's great. Very cool. So, you know, you've got your room ready. You've met all your teaching partners and your colleagues. You know, what was it like during the first few days of school? You know, what do you remember about just that, like, those that first week when you're just meeting your students for the first time? Oh, goodness. Was, it feels like it was so long ago, even though it really was. Um, I remember it being really overwhelming. Like I came home and I think I napped and I'm not a napper. I don't, I can't, once, if I nap, I'll wake up with a headache. Yeah. And I think I remember coming home each day and just napping. And I didn't coach field hockey the fall that my first year. Mm. And so I'm very thankful for that because I would have had 
so much less time than I did later. So it was yeah. good that I had a couple semesters before I started lacrosse in the spring. But that first week, I just remember going home and sleeping and just being just like, oh my gosh, like the schedule, I couldn't remember the bell schedule. And it's so funny looking back because the bell, we just rotated. So mm -hmm. it was, if it was an A day, it would be A, B, C, D, E, F. And then the next day would be C or B, C, D, E, F, A. And so it was just like, it just mm -hmm. rotate. And looking back on how easy that was, and this year when we have rotating schedules, but we have six classes we're rotating through, and oh so I don't see two of my other classes mm -hmm. every other day. So now I'm like, I miss the old days where it was, right. I couldn't wrap my head around it, but now it's, this is the harder schedule, but yeah. it's okay. And but yeah, so, but it was really fun. It was fulfilling, and I loved those it's you always will hold those eighth graders and seventh graders special like my first classes yeah and so it's cool to see them now as sophomores and freshmen and get to like go and see them the beauty of having a k-12 campus and getting mm -hmm. to see them at lunchtime and just seeing how they're doing and watching them at sports in the upper school so yeah that's been really cool oh, that's really cool and you know so I remember that first week as being kind of a honeymoon period because I spent a lot of time like, you know, showing my students how to organize their notebook and kind of showing them like this is where things go in the classroom. And, you know, I taught elementary school, so we also had to put in some, you know, lessons on how to, this is how we line up, <laughs> you know, this is how we behave in the halls and that kind of thing. So, you know, once that was over, when you finally kind of got past that initial period of just getting to know your students, figuring out the bell schedule, um, how was that transition when you had to like transition into like actually planning lessons and doing the real work of a teacher? Um, so eighth grade, we don't have a whole lot of like get to know. We like do get to know you. So we did this like me in the bag activity. So they have items around their house that they put in a paper bag and that's how we got to introduce each other to mm -hmm. one another. Um, so we did that in eighth grade, but then we like jump right into curriculum and we talk about summer reading. And so with eighth grade, it was me sitting down with Lynette, my eighth grade co-teacher and going, okay, well, what have you done in the past? And we were, we did To Kill a Mockingbird in the summer that first year. Mm -hmm. And just how do we address the kids who didn't understand the book at all because it was over their reading levels, but also how do you pull them up and make sure that they understood and we were doing summer reading essays, so they had to write a whole essay about To Kill a Mockingbird. And so we really addressed that. And it was that was a part of like the big, like overwhelming part of just, oh, my goodness, like some of these kids are really ready and to write this essay. And I was, you know, jump. I had to jump right in and teach it, writing and essay structure and all of that right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And so that was definitely a big portion of like that first week as well. But um with seventh grade, we go a little bit slower to work into it. Mm. But my seventh grade co-teacher also, she, she, like I said, she's a master teacher and she helped me and she just shows me her plan book. And at first I didn't plan a lot of my own lessons in seventh grade because she had her plan book and we were, okay, well, I'll do it. You're doing yeah. We followed the exact <laughs> same thing, them on track. And now this year, and even a little bit last year, I, we stay in the same schedule, but I get to change it up and make a few of my different, make my own twist on the, her lessons that she creates or yeah. I create lessons and then I give them to her. So that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. And as an independent school, how do you, how does the curriculum work? Do you like use a curriculum from some, like an organization or do you really just kind of like 
you just you just decide what to do really we get to do whatever which is really awesome it's a lot of working with one another so seventh grade builds into eighth grade eighth grade builds into ninth grade Mm -hmm. and of course sixth grade builds into seventh grade and whatnot and so a lot of it is building and making sure that we're building on top of the foundations that the other teachers have already created for them Mm -hmm. but we really can do anything and so that's how we got to kill mockingbird was because in eighth grade um the ninth grade teachers were like oh we don't want to teach this anymore so we were like how do you not teach to kill mockingbird and so (laughs) we just took it and threw it at summer reading well before i was there and so we threw it at summer reading and then Lynette and I were like, oh, that was a really hard book choice for them. And so now we actually teach it within the curriculum. So we can totally change things and move things around. And mm-hmm. we don't have to get approved really by anyone other than making sure that it flows with the ninth grade, flows with the seventh grade, flows with the sixth grade. And then, of course, we want to be aligned with whatever principles that we're doing. So are we teaching a research paper? Are we teaching a rhetorical analysis? Are we teaching a thematic ideas are like an argumentative argumentative paper with theme or an argumentative paper with character traits. So yeah. as long as we're like hitting those big things, it really doesn't matter what we fill in the space with, which is really awesome. And I've loved that creative liberty and that independence as well. Yeah, that's really cool, especially if something new comes out, you know, that oh, yeah. is really going to capture the kid's interest. That's just really compelling. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. Then you have the freedom to include that. But I guess you still do some vertical alignment so that you know, you know what the kids are doing before and after you, and you're not having students say, oh, we read that last year. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That We don't run into that too often, luckily, because we communicate so well. But that, yeah, Black Brother, Black Brother by Jewel Parker Rhodes, that came out, I think, only a year ago. And we I read it, and I was like, we need this for the eighth grade summer reading book. And so we were able to just, boom, right before the eighth graders or the seventh graders left for summer. We implemented that and that was their summer reading book. And it, this year's discussion was awesome because of it. So, yeah. but exactly, that's exactly it. We saw something that was really awesome and we had the flexibility to just throw it in the curriculum, which is awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, during that, uh, that first year, especially, did you ever have any moments where you would just kind of stop and be like, you know, what have I gotten myself into? Or, uh, like, I just feel overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, there's definitely were a few moments with just like classroom management and discipline. It was hard for me to be only a couple years older than my eighth graders. Mm. And how do I manage that? And how do I like, make sure that they are aware that I to respect me because I'm their teacher. And so not that they were disrespectful because they were not, they were really good kids, mm-hmm. but it was just like me trying to find my classroom management experience without having really any experience mm-hmm. doing it. And so that was definitely like the biggest challenge. So I spent a lot of time during my off period sitting in another teacher's classrooms and seeing how they did it because oh, wow. I was like, I don't know how to do this. So they, I sat in on the math teacher, who's our eighth grade advisor, and I sat in on Jackie, who's the seventh grade um, advisor, or team leader, and she's also my seventh grade English teacher, so I work with her a lot. Mm-hmm. But so I sat in on her classes, and I worked with the principal and assistant principal a lot, too, and just how do I make the kids feel, like, respecting towards me as well as, like, me showing that I respect them and all of that. So it was a lot of just trial by error and also just, getting to learn from other people's experience too. But that's definitely something I'm still working on. I think just having a different dynamic than a lot of other teachers that I am younger than a lot of the other teachers. And how do I 
make sure that connection is still there where the kids can feel like they can come and talk to me, but also still have that line of, you know, this is class time. We're going to focus and we're going to pay attention. So yeah. Yeah. A little bit of all of those things. That's definitely like my biggest thing that I'm working on currently. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because when I supervised you in your student teaching, I remember you would design these lessons where you had like kids moving in groups from group, like around the room in groups of desks. And yes. I'd be, and I'd think to myself, I'd look at the lesson plan. And I'm like, Oh my word, you know, Karina is like this big risk taker, you know, who does this in their student teaching? And it would always go off great. Like it would always, you know, uh, go off without a hitch. You know, I don't think I ever saw any major behavior issues or, you know, every once in a while there, but you know, might be a kid who, isn't really paying attention and you kind of have to get that person, you know, back on task or whatever. But I think it's it, really interesting that even when you have a pretty strong skill set, like, you know, like you did, where you were, you know, felt comfortable enough trying some different things, when you're on your own in your own classroom, you still kind of have to find your own style. Oh, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's, it's hard, especially with middle school. I taught middle school briefly and it's, it's difficult with that age because you still want them to feel safe. You want them to trust you. You want them to like school, but, oh, yeah. but they're also at that po- point where they're, they're testing their limits a little bit, you know, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll say things or, or do things and yeah. So oh, yeah. it's, it's a tough balance, but that's really, yeah. uh, I'm sure you're probably, you have a much better grasp, grasp on it than, um, then maybe you think you do, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've I've seen you teach before, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure you've got a grasp on it. But, but I think that is interesting. That it's something you still feel like you need to, you know, grow and and work on. That's, um, so moving into kind of a different category, I guess. You know, last year ended quite differently, really, than any of us uh, could have predicted. Uh, and this year, real I is for myself, and I'm sure for you as well, has been unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. So describe what it was like having to suddenly move online last spring, and then how has your school adjusted to teaching and learning during uh, this school year during the pandemic? So last year, it's kind of crazy because it was almost exactly a year ago. When it was, all- yeah, that's right. And we were on right before spring break, the Friday we had right before spring break. So it would be tomorrow. I guess technically our spring break is like, but anyway, we had founders day. And so we had all of the kids K through 12 in a gym and we all were just like celebrating founders day. And it was this really amazing experience. Hmm. And then we told them, Oh, we don't think it's anything to worry about, but bring all of your backpack, like bring all of your locker home with you just in case this coronavirus, whatever this is, is going to affect us. Hmm. And so we told them to bring all of their stuff home. And I definitely was like using it as like a piece of empathy, like kids Hmm. in China, like they're shut down and they've been out for months. And we had a teacher who actually was in Shanghai who um, she's back now, but she went to China and taught for a year. And so I was like, think of Birdman and how she has had to be at home for a whole like for a whole bunch of months and let's have empathy with these people and with this experience and we should be okay whatever and then of course during spring break we get these calls and obviously things start going crazy and we don't come back and right. it was the weirdest experience and for the longest time all of us felt that we were going to come back that this was oh it's just this week 
Oh, it's just another week. Oh, it's just another week. And so we were living like week by week because we were like, oh, we're going to come back until it really like occurred to us that no, we were shut down. Like the whole country is shut down. So it took a while for a lot of the teachers to realize that things weren't going back to normal anytime soon. And so that we found out on Friday that we weren't coming back. We had Monday off to prep and then Tuesday we started online school. And so we went right into it. Our schedule was super chaotic. I don't even know what it was this compared to this year, what the online schedule looked like for a little bit, but it was super chaotic at first and trying to still build community and meet with our advisories, but advisory was optional, which is like homeroom. And so Mm. that was really hard to just get like screen time with the kids. And then, um, I remember just how our lessons worked and we had to record ourselves teaching. We were in the middle of eighth grade. We were in the middle of writing a rhetorical analysis essay. And so doing writing conferences over zoom and that was like their most important essay of their eighth grade careers to go off into ninth grade and no rhetorical analysis. And so we were like, we need to do this. And so we stayed up, like we did stayed up late doing conferences. We did conferences all day. Hmm. And it was just like one thing after another. So that was just so hectic. And just also the amount of flexibility that we all had to have. And it was, we were a team, like we worked together and we were flexible together, which was really awesome. And we couldn't have done it without the kids flexibility as mm-hmm. well as the other teachers really working and doing it. Um, but learning Google Classroom, which I had used, but I didn't utilize as well as I could have. Mm-hmm. And so one of the blessings, I guess, of this pandemic is I have mostly all on my iPad now. The kids all have iPads. Mm-hmm. And so the which is really awesome. And so that was, we were really lucky that everybody had iPads and Wi-Fi. So we were very grateful for that. But now everything's online. All this year, everything is posted online. All of their assignments, like I very rarely pass out paper anymore. And so that's been a real big blessing of the pandemic is I'm wasting less paper, but I'm also really utilizing the apps and the technology that we have in the classroom. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, that was a really crazy experience that first like those couple months before we got out of school. And I don't know, it's so crazy to think back that we've come so far. Mm -hmm. And so this year we've been in person the entire time and you could choose to be hybrid. So you could choose to go to school on Zoom. And so in the beginning of the year for the first quarter, I had probably four-ish kids per class. I teach six classes Mm -hmm. this year. Um, Usually I teach four. This year I teach six in order to make our, uh, the max is 12 kids per room with COVID restrictions. And so um, this year I teach six classes and each class probably had about four or five kids on Zoom. Okay. So managing Zoom as well as the kids in the classroom and just like how to keep, like can't really do group work, can't really do partner work. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? And yeah. our Wi-Fi really couldn't handle everybody joining Zoom and doing breakout rooms. Uh-huh. And so that was kind of just a little bit at the beginning, just kind of getting a feel for that. Hmm. Um, by quarter two and quarter now at the end of quarter three, most of our kids are in person. We only have a handful. I only have two kids or three kids that are totally online still. Okay. Um, and that's elected. They're allowed to choose that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a, it was a pretty easy transition. The schedule, like I already mentioned, was 
so confusing to get used to. I don't know if I just am not a time oriented person and how, <laughs> why that schedule is just so hard for me. But so we had six classes, one advisory and one off period mm-hmm. and we rotate. So we don't see two of our classes a day. And so we rotate through the schedule. Okay. So some days like today, I didn't have an off period all day. I had advisory and so I can work, but I didn't have like a dedicated off period. Oh gosh. Um, so like I, except for lunch and lunch is from 12 to or 1145 to 1205. So oh, wow. yeah, so that was like the only break for like today and some days and it's just every other. That's just what the schedule is. Um, but it like it works out. So I don't know. We've been really flexible. Now it feels normal, which is kind of weird to think that this feels normal, even mm-hmm. though it's not normal at all. Um, but the kids have been very flexible. The kids wear masks. They're six feet apart at all times. And yeah, so wow, it's a lot, but they did. I honestly, we couldn't have done it without the kids just desire to want to be here and their desire to just learn and be excited about learning and and their flexibility. No, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. that's definitely something that this new teaching environment has, I think, kind of uncovered about the, the process of teaching and learning is that the teacher can put all the energy he or she wants to into it, but if the kids aren't willing to kind of put that back in, it, it, it it's a real struggle. And oh, I think yeah. we've seen a lot of that, especially, you know, it, I don't think it's true of every kid who chooses to do online school. Some of them do it for different reasons, but I've, I've heard many, many stories of kids who wanted to do online, but then eventually opt to come back to school just because it's it's so hard to try to maintain their energy and 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 stay connected and engaged all day when they're just sitting in a room with a computer oh definitely Uh, yeah definitely i think and i think watching it's not the case for everyone but watching the kids come back who were online and come back into the classroom get to know them because it was really like i have a new kid in my class even though i had met them online yeah it was a different experience to have build a relationship with them in person and so what getting to know them and learn about who they are and what they like and all of that it was kind of fun to get a new kid even though the transition was pretty easy since they had you know they've been doing the work that we were doing anyways but that part was kind of cool but it it was good to see so many kids be so resilient in how quickly they were able to just transition from online to in person and same thing with the kids who have to quarantine if they're exposed to COVID. how quickly many of them can just go online and then come back after their two weeks. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. it's impressive. They can do more than I think I could do if I was in seventh or eighth grade. Right. That's <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I can, I guess I maybe can only speak for myself, but I think a lot of people, including me are ready to get back to oh, yeah. something that looks more like it used to look, even though it may never look like that again. Even if right. it's, even if it's close, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so, you know, a couple of final questions here. Uh, so first of all, you know, how do you think your students describe you? I think they would describe me as a good listener, that I listen to them and I hear them out, even if it's a ridiculous story that they're making up. Um, so I think that they would tell me I'm a good listener. And I think they would tell me... I don't know. I don't want to say like that they can relate to me because they can relate to me, but I think that they do in the sense of that I I allow myself to share part of myself with them. And so I think that they appreciate that 
I share not everything about my, my life, but right. I share my life with them and they feel like a connection to me, which is really, I think, important. Yeah, that's great. And when you think about, uh, you know, your first three years of teaching, you know, what comes to mind? What's kind of the the predominant thought or emotion that, that kind of comes to mind, you know, when you think about your teaching career up to this point? Definitely support. I feel like I've been so supported throughout all of my, since the beginning when I was just a little baby teacher trying to figure <laughs> out, I'm still a young teacher, obviously, but I've been so supported and people want to help me. The kids want to me to succeed and all of that. So that just having that feeling of so many teachers um, being there for me, regardless of what the situation is or whatever the silly question is, like yeah. so many teachers are there for me. And then now like being in my third year and I'm the one that's just in charge of NJHS this year. And now this, at the end of this year, I get to pull on another teacher who's new this year. And so now for me to get to share that support for other people. Mm. And then of course, assisting um, field hockey and assisting lacrosse, I get to support them. So all of the teachers that have given so much to me, I feel like I now get to support them in some ways. So definitely supportive. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, I think that's a great place to stop. And I really appreciate you uh, taking some time, Karina, to visit with me. Uh, uh, I'm fascinated by your teaching story and all the experiences you've had and what got you into this position. And uh, I think the people who listen to this are going to learn a lot from it as well. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much.